Hello, and welcome to the Rooted in Reliability podcast, your plant performance podcast, where we dive deeper into asset management techniques and know-how. I'm your host, James Kovacic, and I will be your guide to achieving industry best practice. The Rooted in Reliability podcast is here to provide you with the insights to improve plant performance and deliver bottom line results to your organization. In case you missed the last episode, you can find the Rooted in Reliability podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and on the reliability.fm network. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. Now let's dive into today's topic. It's my pleasure to welcome back Patrick Parker to the podcast. Welcome back, Patrick. Hey, James. How you doing? I'm doing good. Now, for those that may not have heard your last episode or may not be familiar with you, you work for Rockwell. Prior to that, you spent some time in the U.S. Navy. Although super brief, what can you tell us about yourself, your experience, that type of thing? Uh, so for me, um, right, working with Rockwell, uh, being embedded with some customers that we have and um, now doing more um, kind of consulting work. So a whole kind of gamut, right? And then in the Navy, I actually started out as a technician and working through um, all the way to doing planning responsibilities and uh, maintenance supervision. So, you know, for my experience, I would say it's uh, it's it's well-rounded, um, maybe not so deep in any particular area, but um, definitely kind of touching base on everything. All right. Excellent. Now, how long have you been involved in maintenance and reliability then is, you know, 10 years, 20 years? <laughs> well, I'm only uh, 32, so I, I can't say it's been 20 years. Um, but, you know, I, I did start out as, uh, you know, electronics technician on controls in the Navy. So, I mean, if you, you want to talk about going all the way back and executing um, all the way back to, you know, 2007. So, you know, it's been 13 years, uh, you know, you want to say I was right out of high school. All right. Excellent. And I'm guessing, you know, the electronics technician, that's how you got into PLCs and Rockwell and all these other things, right? It just built on each other? Uh, a little bit, right? So the Navy's kind of old school. They like to use older technology. Um, so, you know, we use closed loop systems, PID loops and stuff like that uh, in terms of controls. And we worked on those systems. Um, and a lot of it was transferable, but, you know, honestly, they use their own um, customary systems and the on the nuclear navy side so it was very uh kind of different coming over to the alan bradley plc control logics world right. uh, but still very transferable all right excellent and now you're working a lot on industry 4.0 censoring digitization all those great things can you tell us a little bit about that yeah, so, you know, it has a bunch of different names. You know, um, we as Rockwall, we like to call it the connected enterprise, but, you know, you hear the industrial internet of things, you hear industry 4.0, um, you know, and really what that is uh, to me is basically leveraging technology and the the digital world to be able to connect and get more insight into, you know, your business or your operations, whether it's the plant floor or the supply chain. Um, and really that whole connected part comes in having all of that integrated together to better understand um, what's happening within the business. So now you can leverage costs, you can um, leverage technology to make better decisions. So to me, that's kind of how I see it. All right, excellent. Now there's a lot of organizations that are embarking on this journey, whatever you call it, um, but many are not realizing benefits. Why are they not realizing these benefits? You know, it comes down to several factors to me, and it's what we call, or you know, what me and a colleague of mine kind of 
termed the the transformational touchstones, right? And what we what we mean by that is that there's different things that you need for this to kind of really be successful. Um, you know, technology is one of them. You know, we already talked about that. Infrastructure, uh, methods. So now your processes and procedures. Uh, partners. So who are you actually using for this technology? Um, talent. Uh, that's a big one. And then also just your organizational culture. All right. Excellent. And, you know, I heard you have used the term crossing the chasm before. I think you actually did a presentation on it at SMRP. What is that chasm and how does it relate to Industry 4.0? You know, when we were um, kind of talking about Industry 4.0 in relation to reliability, um, and from what I've seen, uh, different customers in different industries, it, there always tends to be this kind of gap divide, you know, what I like to term the chasm, um, between that that technology piece and the reliability piece. And it's not necessarily um, reliability as a whole, but what we're talking about is more like that value realization from from Industry 4.0. And it, beca- it comes from um, those different transformational touchstones, right? And that gap tends to widen because it's it's easy to buy the technology. It's easy to Im- implement the technology from a capital standpoint, from a project standpoint. But to actually ingrain those uh, other touchstones that we talked about, right, the methods, getting the partners right, the talent, the culture piece, um, all of those kind of help bridge that gap to where you can really start to get benefit from the reliability piece, right, getting the data uh, correct, right? Getting the data quality, the data governance in, in place, using your, your IT infrastructure, um, you know, leveraging that data. Uh, now you can make better decisions on your equipment. Um, if you just have like a, a hodgepodge of different manufacturers, OEMs, partners um, that don't really talk well with each other, you're not really getting the benefit and kind of helping, helping widening that gap. Um, now, on top of that, you know, we talk about talent. Talent is a big one. Um, if you're, say, running different platforms, right, uh, or using different systems, even even on the business side, uh, it makes it harder for incoming talent to adapt to those systems to be able to transfer between them. So the, their effectiveness is already hindered in the beginning. Um, now trying to get them even more up to speed faster and more efficiently, um, especially as we have this kind of age gap within industry and this retirement, you know, kind of peaking. Um, it's going to make it even more difficult. So that also contributes to the chasm. Um, so these different transformational touchstones kind of all uh, grow in size at different points, depending on what the organization is doing, but they're all helping with that chasm itself. All right. Excellent. And those are the key factors that contribute to that chasm, correct? Or are there others? Uh, there are like, so we can say specifically numbers wise, right? Um, you know, we talk about like new workforce requirements, kind of going back to the talent piece where 85% of manufacturers um, expect human machine centric environments to be pretty common by 2020. And so we're talking about there is uh, that more integration between the human and the machine. Um, you know, you also look at changing customer expectations. You know, the, the digital world is creating a faster and um, kind of environment, right? Uh, one key important piece of that is obsolescence. Um, and then we can get on a whole nother topic around that. But, you know, as technology changes faster and faster, you know, whether it's uh, the speed of, you know, the microchip or whatever it may be, um, obsolescence tends to come in comparison to that. And if organizations can't change 
Um, you know, so customers are expecting faster, but if you can't adapt to it, you know, again, we're also helping widen that chasm. Um, the IOT data itself, we talked about technology again, right? 3.2 billion uh, devices is what's expected, IOT devices by 2020, uh, which we're, we're currently in. Um, you know, to me, that it's insane. So being able to manage that influx of data. Uh, and then also cybersecurity. There's, our, there's actually several documentaries you can even find, whether it's on Amazon or Netflix, where um, companies have been hacked. Uh, when you look at manufacturing, it's, it can be even uh, more detrimental when you talk about the machine impact. So um, there's a lot of different pieces that are helping widen this gap. And if you can't adapt to it, you know, that's where these businesses are going to suffer. Yeah, absolutely. Now, how do organizations cross that chasm then? What can they do to, you know, overcome some of these contributing factors and that type of thing? Uh, so, you know, one thing that we really uh, want to talk about is, you know, there's, there's different digital elements that you can kind of uh, use to, to plan out this infrastructure. First off, you know, as a business, you need to figure out what you want to um what you want to achieve out of Industry 4.0, I think that's important. Um, doing Industry 4.0 because everyone else is doing it is, you know, going back to the whole, was everybody jumping off a bridge? Are you going to do it as well? So you, you have to evaluate your business and figure out what you're trying to achieve out of connecting um, everything within your enterprise and then kind of tailoring that. But within there is a, there's the seven digital elements, we'd like to say. So you have the production asset itself. Um, that's probably more common. Um, then you have integrating the assets within into the production line. That's another element itself. You have the ITOT network, which is a newer concept. I would say it's not uh, brand new, but it is kind of something that's come about where you're looking at before IT was very separate from your operational technology, right? IT means. So you're talking about like your HMIs. Uh, you're looking at your uh, kind of your plant network in terms of, you know, whether you're using um, Profibus, ControlNet, DeviceNet, Ethernet um, for your controlled assets out on the plant floor versus the IT. So it's not bridging that gap. Um, you have the next one, which is we're talking about data centers itself. So now that you have all this data and all these connected assets, where is that information being stored? Um, you have to take into account distance. So if you're trying to make... Uh, instantaneous decisions on the plant floor. Uh, if you have, like, say, a server in another country, you know it's not going to be um, it's, it's not going to be very uh, positive for your system, right? So you have to understand well what information do you need quickly, and what information can you kind of put further away, depending on if you're a global company or um, you know maybe smaller. Uh, the next we talk about like a manufacturing execution system, MES, MLM layer. Um, you know, again, this is where kind of cybersecurity is going to come into play, um, integrating that system into the ERP business systems, maybe like with your CMMS. Um, next, we have AI and machine learning. So these are kind of the, uh, the cool new words that everybody wants to use. But again, you know, to me, I think these should definitely be more strategic um, than just trying to put AI into things or use machine learning. Um, you know, kind of randomly, definitely have a strategy about how you're going to deploy AI. Where where would it be best at? Where would you get the best benefit out of it? Um, versus, you know, having someone come and coax you into using AI or machine learning. Um, 
And then lastly, you know, I already talked about it a little bit was the enterprise level, talking about that ERP system, talking about, you know, how is that going to be integrated um, through the IT network into the OT layer? How are we going to leverage the ERP data with the machine data uh, to actually make better decisions? And so this is where you can actually start to use that machine level information to help with the supply chain, uh, to help with, uh, you know, non-production material um, and you know looking into your inventory system now you can really start to tie together things when you start looking at that so those seven digital elements are what we're really talking about when we talk about how can we um, cross that chasm um, from a technology perspective this podcast is brought to you by iridicio be sure to check out iridicio's ibl blended learning for maintenance and reliability professionals This SMRP-accredited project-based curriculum will take you through all aspects of a maintenance and reliability program and provides you with all the tools you need to generate a 30 times return on investment for your organization and a set of credentials from the University of Tennessee for you. You can find out more at ibltraining.com. You know, we got a lot of pieces going on here to cross that chasm. Now, what role Mm -hmm. does technology play in crossing that chasm? Is it the type of technology we're looking to deploy for IoT, um, or is there technology that exists to help us make that actual transition? The the role of technology is going to be it's just going to be a key player in terms of it or a key piece of it. The role I think is going to be important because you want to talk about how you're going to manage your partners with the technology. Um, and so what I mean by what I mean by that is the technology that you're using is important. Going back to what I was talking about in the beginning, where how it all integrates together is going to be more important than the technology piece itself. And so the role of the technology is that it needs to be able to work consistently and collaboratively across the organization. Um, and that is really where a lot of the the best I think effectiveness or efficiency out of it is going to come. Um, So technology itself is going to be an enabler where you can start to leverage information, but how that technology comes together. um, And we like to say is through that partner partner network um, is really the key piece in terms of making that technology successful. Okay, and I'm guessing, you know, making that technology successful also requires data. Yes. (laughs) So how do we know what data we need to make this successful? Do we have to define the problem, then figure out the questions we got to ask and work backwards that way? Or do we just, you know, throw sensors and start collecting data from everywhere? Definitely don't just start throwing technology at it. Um, I think that is going to be, to me, from what I've seen, when people do that, the, it's not effective. And so they end up wasting money and then the business starts um, questioning the application of, the, of it, right? So then when you want to try and do this later to maybe even do it right, um, you've already put a bad taste in, say, finance's mouth and now finance doesn't want to support you. So I, I think doing it right to begin with is a, a key important piece of this. Um, but so understanding, uh, again, the data is going to relate back to, I think, what we want to get out of the industry 4.0, right? What I was talking about earlier. So understanding where the business can benefit from it. And I think there should be a strategy in place and, you know, from, you know, basically high to low where the most value is at and then going and tackling those parts of the business um, for industry 4.0. So if it is at the machine level, uh, 
where you can leverage the most data. So say you have constraint problems, your you know customer demand is so high that you you can't meet it even with your current production demand. Um, you know that's where maybe all right we'll we'll tackle that technology piece to try and get some more efficiency or throughput through in our operations. All right, so what data do we need to do that and then start working backwards like you were talking about, James? Okay. Um, to me, yeah, and then strategically, all right, once we get that in place, what's the next step? Um, you do see companies tend to try and do uh, full bore um, implementations where they're going to try and implement it at every system uh, of the business at the same time. If your business can handle that, I would say it's okay. But again, I think most businesses tend to change a lot slower than um, they think they can. Yeah, so then they need to focus on a pilot area or something of that nature then first to prove it out, correct? Uh, yes, yeah. Uh, and even on the pilot, you can get pilot paralysis uh, is what we like to call it. And what we mean by that is don't get stuck in that pilot phase, though. You know, have a plan for your pilot, work out the the model or, you know, however you want this to work. And once you have a good, I would say 85, 90% good system together, implement that and go with it because you can make some small changes along the way, but don't get that pilot paralysis where we're going to pilot it. All right, we're going to make some small changes. We're going to pilot again. All right, we're going to make some smaller changes and we're going to pilot again. You do that. Now the organization itself, going back to the whole local, the culture piece, they're going to, they're going to think that it's like that kind of flavor of the month or it's just something that's never going to actually materialize. Um, so you you start to lose support. So you have to manage the, the pilot itself or the pilot program with how the organization is, um, you know, taking it on. Okay. Excellent. Now, how do organizations close that skills gap with industry 4.0? There is a big difference in skills required to look at the data, analyze the data, use the data to what we traditionally have had. So for me on the, and what I see and what I've seen is that the, the digital elements that we talked about are very um, network centric, right? Very um, talking about like databases, talking about, um, you know, the ITOT network layers, stuff like that. Today, currently, if you look at, you know, skills training for say an electrician or for even, even on the control side, um, it's, it's not as in-depth as I think it should be. So that's one part where I think we could do better as companies um, in getting uh, technicians more prepared to deal with this is that they're going to have to deal with what happens when the network goes down, right? Are you going to call IT and wait for them to fix it? Or, you know, is it something that you should be able to go and take on and tackle yourself? So specifically for Industry 4.0, I think understanding more um, network databases and how they work not saying that they need to be a computer programmer, but being able to have that kind of troubleshoot mentality uh, when it comes to those types of technologies, because that's what's going to take, and it's only become it's only going to become more. I'm trying to trying to think of the right word. More, I guess, pervasive in in manufacturing as we go forward, right? So it's going to become more important just because of everything is going to be connected at some point. Yep, absolutely. Now, you mentioned culture a few times throughout this. What role does culture play in crossing that chasm? So, and uh, I wish I could draw it out for you, but uh, I have it in my notes. It's actually kind of funny when we were talking about this for the SMRP conference. So I said earlier that technology is an enabler uh, for the organization. Culture is going to actually dictate the adoption of the technology. So 
the better the organization's culture in terms of being effective and meeting goals or whatever it may be, uh, taking on new technology, for instance, is going to dictate how well that technology is adopted into the organization and reaping the benefits of it. Um, so if you have a bad organizational culture or not, not very effective one, let's put it that way, uh, then when you try and implement something, either through a pilot program or just even trying to get, um, you know, maybe some newer sensors or using AI in some specific places, the organization isn't going to be very, you know, um, positive in terms of taking that on, right? Because they're already, they already are not very effective in what they're doing currently. So uh, again, culture plays a really big piece in that technology adoption. There's a relationship there. All right. Excellent. Now for those that are looking to implement this connectivity industry 4.0, what would you tell them? What would you say, okay, you're thinking about IOT. What are the warnings or things you want to give them a heads up about? If they're looking to implement industry 4.0 is to take a look at those transformational touchstones that we talked about beforehand um, and assess them to your organization. Where is your organization needing the most improvement, right? Um, you know, is it in your processes and procedures? Is it in the talent piece, you know, in terms of having you know, the skills in your workforce? Is it, uh, you know, in the technology piece, culture piece? Assess your organization and then figure out which one that you need to tackle first, right? Because that's where the most benefit is going to come from. Where are you weakest at? Um, and I'm, you know, I'm not going to give you KPIs. I think every organization should develop their KPIs for themselves um, for those pieces, but understand where you're weak at. Um, and then also what can you leverage um, in the long term? So where are you strong at? So, you know, leverage your strengths and work on your weaknesses uh, from, from those transformational touchstones. All right. Excellent. Now, what do you think makes the biggest difference in being successful with industry 4.0? What's the one thing that, you know, if people did, they would just be that much closer to success? I think right now what's really important is uh, the the partner network side. And I know we haven't really delved into that too much. I have kind of touched on it, but having partners that are going to work with you to make your strategy successful because again going back you can't just um buy technology because you know the sales guy made a good pitch you have to look at how it's all going to work together and integrate going forward right so working with your partner network deciding who those partners are going to be whether it's microsoft um you know i, th I think right now it's, it's really funny with uh, everybody working remotely is you see a lot of people transitioning to say zoom versus using uh, skype for business um you know looking at seeing who those partners are what platforms they have and how well they work together um and then understanding how that fits into your strategy so having those partners that are going to help you be successful long term um, and having companies that are going to be around long term to be able to support you so uh, to me that is a really important piece that i think oftentimes gets kind of looked over because we tend to look inside and not outside yeah, I think that's very important to think about. Um, there's a lot of companies out there who's going to be around long term to support us in two, three, four, five years from now when we're working through this and implementing these systems. I think that's very important to think about. Well, Patrick, we talked a lot about crossing the chasm today. What is the one action you want our listeners to take away from the conversation today? Uh, for 
for anybody is um, understand what industry 4.0 means to you, right? Or the connected enterprise. So, you know, what what does that mean to you? Because I think it means something different. Then how can your benefit, your organization benefit from, I think, your point of view of it, right? So how can we work to kind of um, get that understanding that industry, for, industry 4.0 is not the same um, when we read it in a magazine or on a sheet of paper, right? So every organization is going to take it differently and every person is going to have a different perspective. So understand what that means to you. And especially if you're in charge of a business, what does that mean for your business? All right. Excellent. Now, Patrick, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us today about Crossing the Chasm. But before we go, where can people find out more about you, Crossing the Chasm, all these great things we've talked about? Uh, so there's always uh, LinkedIn. Um, you know, I'm on LinkedIn. You can uh, search my name, Patrick Parker, and be able to find me. But also you can go on to the Rockwell Automation uh, website if you go into services. And, you know, that's where uh, my realm tends to lie in. But um, rockwellautomation.com and services. So, All right. Excellent. Well, Patrick, I want to thank you once again for taking the time today. I truly appreciate it. And have a great day. All right. Thank you, James. Have a wonderful day. I would like to thank you for listening and remind you that you can always find out more on maintenance, reliability, and asset management at www.iridicio.com and by following our blog. The Rooted in Reliability podcast is a proud member of the Reliability.fm network. I'd like to ask you to please rate and review this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. It ensures the podcast stays relevant and is easy to find by like-minded professionals. It is only with your ratings and reviews that the Rooted in Reliability podcast can continue to grow. I thank you for providing this small but critical support. We'll see you next week when we dive into another burning topic with Rooted in Reliability, your plant performance podcast.